Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here again with our lovely guest host, uh, Nora, and uh, we're going to dive back into HR and more on the recruiting process. So uh, for those that missed the episode on some of the resume stuff and, and, and some of the um, new hire recruiting, you can uh, go back and, and listen to those. But today we thought we'd talk about uh interviews right and how to ace your interview how to get through that process because it can be a nerve-wracking process uh, and if you're at the stage then congrats because the, the resume process i think is, is the toughest part where there's a lot of unknowns a lot of uh, improbabilities or probabilities in there and, and you're kind of being thrown into a black hole at least now you have a little bit more influence where you can kind of practice and prepare Although some people don't, <laughs> they think they should just wing it and stuff like that. Uh, but I love that you can chat a little bit about some of your interview experiences and maybe go into well um, the, the types of interviews that, that that you've done and 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 enjoy, and then maybe we'll get into some like myths and misconceptions. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for for having me on the on, on your podcast and and on the phone again today. Love that I I continue to come back, so I hope you <laughs> invite me again. Um, and and for those who don't know me, I have a uh, heavy background in talent acquisition. So I want to say about six years of experience in recruitment, um, full cycle recruitment, all different types of roles from entry level positions to C suite positions. So, um, you know, I've 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 seen enough interviews and. Um, um, you know, I've I've coached enough leaders and employees in interviews to be able to kind of you know see things that I've loved and and and, and thought that were really effective and seen things that you know weren't as helpful and effective for a candidate. So definitely um, would like to share uh, some of those. Maybe we can start off with what Luki had said is, you know, um, if you've made it this far, good for you. And and I agree. People don't understand, you know, how many or what percentage of inter of resumes actually get picked up. So, you know, for an entry level uh, role right out of school, let's say for, for an engineering role, an EIT role, you know, a company will get upward of a thousand plus resumes, right? And, and we might, you know, pick, not even for the phone screen, just to screen, screen about 10, 10% of those will make that first cut to be screened as a resume in more detail with the hiring management team. So, so you know, that level or those, those odds, you know, to me, A, tells me that like the networking aspect in the recruitment process and the application process, it's extremely important. Sure. Uh, and B, you know, um, consistency and applying is very important. But if you've made it this far, good for you. Like you're on the right path. You've gone through the tedious, boring uh, work, which is to write down a resume because it's, you know, I personally hate it. And again, yeah. I've been in talent acquisition for a while. One of the biggest things that some people say um, is wing your interview, right? Like if you're overprepared, you're going to go and rehearse. And I, I actually don't think that's the case. I think that, you know, again, I, I say it differs from person to person and it differs from role to role. But some interviews, um, you know, they say on average it takes anybody between 10 to 15 hours to effectively prepare for your interview. So that includes, you know, researching the organization and the people that you're going to be meeting with on, on LinkedIn. And we all know how to do that. It's a quick, you know, Google search. Um, reviewing your resume to make sure that you're, you're you're comfortable with all of the content there and the job sure. posting. And then also thinking back to, you know, um, 
I'd, I'd say not really practice per vadum, you know, answering questions, but thinking back to notable experiences um, and examples of work or experiences that you have that you'd like to share in the interview or that you suspect would be um, useful for you to answer certain questions. Like if you've had a, what was your biggest achievement or your biggest failure or, you know, a, a conflict you managed, et cetera. Um, another big thing that I know Luke, he probably is a big advocate for this because he's told me about this before is, you know, practicing answering the questions out loud mm -hmm. um, because it's different than just practicing it in your head. You get to reflect, yep. um, whether that be with a family member. I personally like the the option to record because I'm shy <laughs> and it's, it's sometimes <laughs> awkward to do it in front of a friend or a family, but recording it. Um, and if you know that you're applying again, something that um, Luki actually had said in the past was, you know, if you're in the process that you know that you're applying, don't wait till you have an interview to go through that process every day, carve out 30 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever you can afford, and kind of practice that so it becomes like a muscle and, and you're really comfortable with the content and the notable experiences that you want to share that your real personality can show out in an interview and you're not stressed uh, and, and, and almost frozen to try to find the best answer in that moment. Yeah, I think there's a lot of great uh, feedback and, and, and advice in, in, in what you said there. And uh, a couple of things that, I, that I'd pick on is um, in, in terms of, of practice, right? And, and you talk about like winging it and, and, and to the point of uh, like, you don't want it to feel rehearsed. I almost say like, like go for the point where it's so, you practice so much, it doesn't even sound like it's rehearsed because there are some people where they've done it so often and oftentimes in like any, any shows or, or, or people who are athletes or whatever, they, they make it seem so easy just because they've done it a thousand times, right? Uh, it, it seems like there's zero effort and you want your things like their tell me about yourself answer to, to be pretty much flawless, right? <clears throat> uh, or at least as high as you can where you're not stumbling and, 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 and no prepared and, and things like that. And uh, definitely to have a bunch of highlights where th there are kind of standard areas that companies are looking for. So like teamwork, leadership, time management, uh, uh, difficult people, problem solving and whatever, you're gonna get one of those. Like how they ask it is gonna be slightly different and the context and the approach and whatever. So you don't wanna uh, have it verbatim, but, but definitely you wanna, you wanna have a good uh, uh, toolkit of, of answers based on your experiences from your last work experience, yep. an academic one, a, a personal project or whatever it is that, that are in there. Um, so definitely a lot of good things. And uh, some people say, or, or come to me and say, well, I practice uh, by, by saying it in front of the mirror. I would say that, that's good, but it, it's not necessarily the best thing because you don't get that feedback because it's hard to watch yourself and give yourself feedback and answer yeah. the question at the same time. Whereas what you said about recording, well, you can pause and you can actually watch it the next day uh, so that the context is gone. And then you can actually really evaluate it based on what you said, not what you thought as you were trying to say something and trying to hear it back at the same time in front of a mirror or something like that, right? Uh, so I, th I think that, that that's great. Um, what would you say are, are some of the, the the myths and misconceptions as as it relates to to COVID uh, as it relates to interviews? Uh, so so one of it is obviously that uh, you should wing it, right? That that's probably one of the things that, that you shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, there there's probably a very small uh, percentage of the population that can actually do that. Uh, what are some other things that uh, you, you would or wouldn't do in regards to to interviews? Sure. Um, you know, sometimes people go in with the assumption that, you know, they're just going to focus specifically on the resume line by not line or when, 
you know, a recruiter or a hiring leader asks them, you know, tell me about yourself or walk me through your experience that they are asking you. And I think that this might be a misconception that they are asking you to really take them through your resume line by line. But most people after like about 20 seconds of doing that, they've just lost the attention of both the recruiter and the hiring manager. And it's really hard to bring that back in, right? Like, right. It, and, 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 and there's a finite time for an interview. So all the, the recruiters thinking of is like, we need to transition to the next question. So you're yeah. not in a really positive space and 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 that kind of usually happens right off the front that's that's in most cases that's usually one of the first questions that they ask so i'd really say is you know when you're preparing what i like to do is i like to say what is my story like what's my elevator pitch when somebody says like walk me through you know your experience assume they've already read your resume you don't have to go through line by line but maybe just say some of the notable things and 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 think about you know in 15 seconds like how can i just pitch myself and give them just a high level overview of my experience like you know i have x amount of hr experience i specialize in a b c some of my skill sets are z y d like whatever the case is and leave it at that not go kind of line by line i find that that happens more so with candidates that either don't interview often or are entry level so that's a mistake or a misconception um that happens pretty often i'd say um you know another one and i don't know if it's a mistake or a misconception but it's also the mindset when you go into interviews so and it's really unfortunate sometimes people go in and this is pre-covid um you know when you're actually in a room sometimes people get really 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 nervous Okay, super nervous in an interview. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like public speaking where the audience feels a lot of sympathy, but only in this scenario, you know, our route is to is to get to know you, we, we just want to get to know you, right? So there's no need to feel nervous. So what I always used to tell the candidates that I'd coach while I was in, in recruitment, you know, don't go in to an interview thinking that you have to wow them. It's a mutual discussion because that might not be the best fit. Like they might not be the best fit for you, even if they want you, right? Yeah. So when you kind of frame your mindset that you're almost like going on a date to just to get to know the person mutually as well even if you are out of a job or even if you think that you really want to work for that company it just helps ease that tension and that nervousness that you have right because at the end of the day you know you know you're really thankful that they're giving you the time but you're also giving them your time right so there has to be that mutual. I think that once that happens, there's more of a balance of power, if you want to say, when you go into the with the interview. So those are just two things. A couple of other things that are, you know, kind of like no brainers, but I've, I've been in scenarios where this has happened so often, um, you know, uh, coming in late. Right. And what I mean late is like also right on time, you want to come in a little bit earlier. Yep. If you are um, interviewing during COVID, do a tech check do a tech check, not the day of, do the tech check the day yeah. before um, and, 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 and make sure things are working well and make sure you have a professional background, good lighting and, 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 and test that out. Um, you know, again, attire and, and, and clothing. Like if you're not one to dress up, ask what the business, what the dress code is, you know, sure. make sure like you also don't want to come into a company that's like very casual wearing a three piece suit. So yeah. just it could go either way. Right. So just ask. So these are some of the things that I kind of um, find. Um, one of the things that also always used to kind of upset me while I would interview, not upset me on a personal level, just it's disappointing because sometimes you have a really strong candidate is when you don't research the company for whatever reason and 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 you might have researched the company but you haven't looked at their values don't ask about the values in the interview because you know you always want to go in with 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 the 
with the knowledge of the organizational values, what the company does, and also thorough knowledge on what the job entails. Like if I find a candidate asking really basic questions in an interview about the fundamentals of a job, not details, but basic questions about the fundamentals of a job, it's a red flag for me. So don't think that, you know, these are some of the things that, you know, that's the best um, forum for, you know, if you have these basic questions, that's where your recruiter comes in before, right? They can also act as that coach for you before you enter into that door or get on that Zoom call with the hiring manager. Yeah, I think there's a lot of great points in that as well, where uh, I like how you mentioned that it's kind of a, a mutual thing where you, you got to assess the fit uh, for yourself and the company as well. And uh, I guess one of the, the pet peeves that you mentioned a couple of yours, where for, for me, it's uh, at the end, if you ask, uh, do you have any questions for us? And they say, no. Yeah. Right. And and actually, I was chatting with someone It's like, wait, I thought I was supposed to say no, because I, sh- I should know everything about the company. So I shouldn't have any questions. I was like, no, 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 definitely not. Uh, because like, could, could you have possibly known everything off of the, the website and the job description? No, there's way more to the company than it's published online. Right. So you should yeah. be curious and interested about that. So definitely have have those, those questions. Um, and beyond the, the, the basic ones of like, I can easily go to the website, go to the about section, find the values, you definitely need to do that minimal amount of homework. So try to have those more advanced questions. Uh, and, and I like what, what you pointed out uh, a little bit um, that uh, actually in certain parts of the process, right, the HR person is actually there to help you uh, get through it, right? So uh, for those that haven't really gone through the, the, the screening process, there are sometimes multiple stages where there might be a, an HR recruiter that uh, does kind of an HR screening, just making sure, well, does your story check out? Does everything seem, seem kosher? And then you, you eventually go to a, a hiring manager uh, that mm-hmm. actually works in the group, is the technical person or the whatever person that, that is hiring. Um, and at that point, actually, the recruiter is probably your best friend. <laughs> because they want you to get to, to the process. They want the hiring manager to say, wow, you gave me such amazing candidates. Yeah, and I, can't, they exactly. can't even, I can't even pick because they're so amazing. Because if they go back and say, I didn't like any of the candidates, well, the recruiter didn't do a good job. So they want you to be successful. Um, so to use that to your advantage and, and, and leverage that. Now, they, they might not uh, share or, or be as open uh, as you might hope, uh, but generally that they're, they're, they're quite helpful in that process. So just something that... Uh, People need to be aware of that the 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 HR person, the the recruiter there, uh, is is often there to help at after a certain stage, right? Once you you got exactly. their blessing, then then they're they're there to help. Exactly. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about what you've seen um, or, or experienced or heard. Uh, how how uh, interviews have changed during COVID. So obviously things are virtual. So you mentioned the tech check that that are there, virtual backgrounds and stuff like that. Are there any other things that uh, you recommend for folks to, to, to start doing or, or really emphasize uh, wh- while we're still in lockdown and hopefully we'll get out of it soon enough? <laughs> but I, I would imagine that that uh, these types of interviews are, are probably going to be more the norm as well anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, aside from implementing or embedding technology more so in your um, in the recruitment process. So, you know, there's, um, for example, a app or a, or a platform that could be integrated called HireView, right? And HireView um, filters resumes in an unbiased way. It has AI chat bots, so they can easily also filter at least at a first stage candidates. So that like the, the, the COVID pandemic has kind of, um, I'd say sped up the implementation of, of platforms like that. And why that's positive for candidates is because it minimizes barriers to entry right. from a from a from a DNI perspective, right? Because there there's there's not that unconscious bias. 
right? All, humans will always have unconscious bias to a degree, right? You can you can always make it better. So that's I think that that's you know a, a win for everybody. Um, I'd also say one of the things that you know probably has worked for people's benefit is there's a lot less nervousness meeting somebody for the first time on video than physically in a room. Um, There's a lot less nervousness than, um, you know, just turning on your camera than having to find parking, figure out where this location is. Like I used to go, you know, a day in advance or a couple of days in advance to figure that out just to get that anxiety out because, right. you know, I, I also am not great in directions. Like that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a different because episode. <laughs> that's a whole other story, but you know, you, you need to do that prep work. Right. So it's, it's a lot less from a, from a, from a nervousness perspective. So those are two big elements. So I think that it enables people to do a lot better, but at the same time, you know, you, you have an added challenge of making that personal connection yeah. over video. So you really, really need to try to, to to make that connection quickly and, and have that connectivity. And I think that some of the best ways to do that is research your audience and try to find some kind of personal, you know, piece of information that you can use and to build rapport For quickly. Sure. So I think that that is, um, that's different because they don't see your body, like they, can, they don't actually physically see your body language. They only see it to an extent, which is your facial expressions for the most part. So, you know, I'd say there's more pros than cons to it, but that was that's that's one of the challenges that I see really um, is 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 that is is that connectivity because um, you know a big part of it is if you're if you're interviewing to be a part of somebody's team, you know, you also it's a fact of life, right? You, you want to see if you're gonna, you know, get along with this person, get along with the team. A lot of times people, you end up meeting people from the team and that rapport is important to build, so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, COVID has changed the entire landscape of the working world and, and yeah. uh, it, it probably won't uh, revert back fully to, to, to normal where there'll probably be more and more of the initial screening done kind of via video and things like that, which uh, to your point, uh, it's, it's probably a, a benefit for a lot of folks. Uh, just because from from a convenience perspective, but uh, I mean, a lot of companies still like to, what is it like, see the whites of your eyes and 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 shake your hands and and, and feel the warmth of that. Yeah. Like, still, uh, a lot of people who build their trust off of that. So so don't think that that's uh, gonna go away any anytime soon. At least not a hundred percent. But there always be uh, areas of the industry that that will embrace technology fully and and those that'll kind of go a little bit more. Uh, old school so uh it's definitely changed things and and obviously the, this simple type of techniques and tricks where i've heard people well like like my I, my eye contact I, should i be looking at the uh the camera or the or the pic or the the, the picture here and uh, I, i've heard people say well just put a little sticky note uh with a, like a little arrow that says look here wherever it is either either at the camera uh um or, or the sticky note and that helps with um, just some some focus in there, and to your point about uh, the, the tech check, uh, one thing that, that I've heard recommended is just if you're living with a couple people, just make sure they're not doing any like uh, extra downloads or backups or, or streaming like intense yeah. videos or whatever uh, at one o'clock exactly when your interview is scheduled, that sort of thing, and then uh, you'll, you'll probably have to be in a better shape that way. Good um, call. What, what are some of the, the, the pet peeves that you uh, have experienced in uh, interviews? So you mentioned a couple of them before where, well, uh, well for me, it was, it was like no, no questions, uh, being late or, or being on time, which means you're late. <laughs> uh, are there others that, that, that are uh, kind of most annoying for you? Yeah. You know, 
there are some pet peeves, of course. Um, I'd say people, and, and it's not so much as a pet peeve as it's something that hurts people in the interview process when we're trying to ask you something and we probe, you know, we've asked you a question and we've probed. We're probing because you didn't give us enough information right. and we're giving you an opportunity to kind of give us that information. Uh, you know, if you don't know or you don't have an answer, just say that, can we get back to that and let me let me think about it or ask for a couple of minutes to think about it. Like as a recruiter, personally, I, I, I view that more favorably than either saying I've already answered it or not giving an answer at all, like not knowing what it is and just asking to move on to the next question. So that's another thing, kind of make sure, and if you're not strong in this, you know, again, prep, preparation is key. Make sure that you know those cues, like when somebody's probing. You know, another key thing in an interview is when a candidate answers something and says, you know, we would do this or we would do that. That's really telling that that person hasn't actually executed or done that something themselves. Sure. When you use I um, done that, I would do X, Y, Z, that is more reassuring that you've actually done that. So if you're in a scenario in an interview, and transparency is key to me, if you're in a scenario where you actually haven't personally executed or done something, you can say that, you know, I've seen this in my team, or what I would have done in that scenario, given my knowledge is that because, you know, interviewers, recruiters, they're trained, like they're going to know if, if that's something that you've done like we've done like who, you and who do you yeah. know what i'm saying and that's kind of one of the giving things um so again it's like not a pet peeve but it's just something that is you know a little frustrating when you have a candidate that you would like to see them succeed um some pet peeves and again these are all really petty is body language in an interview you know you're this company is giving you their time so yeah. be respectful of that sometimes people come in um with a very arrogant attitude or just um you know um impatient and just want to get their answer questions answered that's a pet peeve for me because if you're not fully invested or interested in the role then don't accept because yeah. you just burnt a bridge with that company yeah. because that company might have the role that you actually want in about six to eight months. Yeah. So be friends with your recruiters. Don't don't burn that bridge. So you know your attitude's huge. If you're physically in, uh, don't wear heavy cologne or perfume. People sometimes do that, and sure, yeah. you know make sure that like if you want to wear something, ask if it's a fragrance-free facility or not because it is. It's so distracting when you're just in a room with to other people and and it's sometimes hard like you know it's a first impression so everything kind of counts at that point yeah. so those are just some pet peeves another pet peeve is i know that i come prepared with a resume printout again this is pre-covid days but i'd like for the candidate to bring me one right one that's clean not crumpled from their car it just shows <laughs> that they're prepared right. um a little bit more so you know these are just small things that kind of when you're competing for a role differentiate you a little bit more um so yeah these are these are some pet peeves again also with the salary discussion mm. you know I, it's it's every candidate's right to ask about salary and benefits 100 percent. but sometimes when you're in an interview it depends on you know whether or not the, the the recruiter and the hiring leader are prepared to go into details of an offer right sometimes right. they have to review your resume a little bit further have to look at all of the years of experience conduct an equity analysis on their own team so they can provide you with a range right mm -hmm. they can give you what the benefits are but sometimes I've seen people really, really pushy about that, right? right? And, and, and that's something that to me was always a pet peeve because 
you're kind of like it's information that we've given you and we've given you a range but we're not prepared to offer you an offer right now so we're not actually going to give you a hard number sure. um so those were kind of some of my pet peeves that that's a lot of great and, and, and useful information that hopefully folks will uh, take the advice or at least uh, counter that and mitigate it <laughs> so they're not on the, on the bad end of that. What are some other pieces of uh, interview advice that you'd have, maybe tips and tricks, some like favorite questions that you like to ask a candidate or favorite questions that you'd like to be asked by a candidate that really show that, uh, that they're uh, interested or, or, or worthy? Uh, what are some of those things? Or do you have any interesting standout stories of, of, uh, of, of good or bad candidates? Yeah. I mean, some of my top candidates have always come in with some kind of portfolio of work or some kind of design or plan. And this is later on in the interview stage that if they are hired specifically, this is kind of like their 30, 60, 90 day plan or a portfolio of their previous work if they're designers or engineers. So those are all of the things that really... Um, I'd say was was a nice extra touch because it shows that you're really committed and also gives us an additional piece of information to, to look at when making our decision, right? So it helps us. So that's always really good. One of the questions that I really like to ask, or I guess the questions or what I would like to get from an interview right off the bat is, you know, I want to understand if you are hired, what value do you bring to the team, right? Like right off the bat. And that could be your technical experience, but that more so could be, you know, your soft skills, or is it, do you have a unique personal experience that helps you bring in value right off the bat? Um, so, so, so that's one of the things that, and I'll phrase the question differently, but that's, you know, some of the things that I'm interested in. I like candidates that ask about you know, ask strategic questions. So, you know, questions could be like, what challenges is this department facing, for example, or what um, what are some of the stretch goals or the strategic goals that this organization or this team is looking to achieve or or what are some of the organization's goals if over the next year or three years, right? That shows me that this person isn't so just fixated on a job. Sure. but they're looking more broadly. And when we hire for talent, you ideally want to hire talent, right? Somebody to come into the organization on the longer term, not just somebody that's going to be slotted into that role. And that's kind of the end of it, right? So those questions are are, are for me really telling about just how this person thinks and, and how they think and how they're, how they're assessing this opportunity. Yeah, so I think it, a lot of it goes back to uh, preparation and, and really figuring out like, what is that value that you provide? Because I think that any um, any questions that you answer really should 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 uh, focus on that, right? So I like to uh, coach folks that uh, every question is actually a three part question, where the first part of the question is whatever they ask, right? So tell me about yourself, and, and but the second part is and how does that benefit the company in the role, and the third part is and why should we hire you, right? Because yep. I've had had folks that basically, well, it's it's the question is tell me about yourself and how does that benefit the company in the role and why should I hire you. Because I've had folks that that basically talk about oh uh, like long walks on the beach and I, I play sports and and whatever well that doesn't really relate to relate to the role unless the the place is a travel agency where they like or require you to walk on the beach and and play sports or whatever like that um, and then the 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 third part of the question why should we hire you uh, a lot of folks will say well I thought they were going to ask me that question later. Well, how do you know? Because there's no uh, universal standard of questions to be provided. So exactly. one should ideally stand on its own. So um, 
I think all that, and then back to your preparation of, of different sort of questions, more long-term thinking, and like things like portfolios and plans, I think are, are, are great touches. What what I've seen uh, more folks doing in from a, a Zoom uh, perspective is to actually prepare a, like a mini slideshow, right? To say, it's tell me about yourself. And then they'll be like, oh, actually I have uh, uh, something to share. Would you mind if I share, shared my screen? And be like, oh, okay. That's different because how many people actually do it? And it really doesn't take that much effort where like it's three or five slides and, and maybe a few icons here, there a couple of words. And that probably helps guide your your uh, discussion of, of tell me about yourself. And, and it really helps to stand out with, with uh, minimal effort. So I think it's those small little touches where you really thought about the company, you really thought about the person and, and the value you can provide uh, that really showcases your, your talent. So. So what are some other uh, advice that, that you'd have for folks as we start to close things off on, on how to uh, ace the interview and uh, other tips and tricks uh, or, or maybe a story that you want to share about the interviewing process? Yeah, you know, maybe not a specific story, but I'll just say, you know, just general tips just to kind of summarize. Um, and I always tell, these, tell this to people in my personal life. Um, be persistent with your application because like I said, you know, like 10, 10 to 20% if even applications are picked up to look at in a thoroughly, at least for, for the organizations that I, I, I was working at. So, you know, if it takes you 100 applications to get to where you want to be, so be it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you haven't interviewed in the past and you're starting to interview, you might be a little rusty at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So just take every experience as a learning opportunity. Um, and, and like I said, you know, preparation and everything I think is key, especially the interview. You have an opportunity. Right. Um, and I always think if you do your best and you go in, but you don't get it, then it just wasn't meant to be. But if you wing it then maybe the outcome would have been different if you had prepared so just kind of sure. keep that in mind when you are um, being booked for interviews and also yeah. try try not to do the same thing over again if you find that you know one style of prep isn't working for you or one format of the, your resume isn't working for you try different try different things and, and, and definitely all great points so one thing that I would add is to uh, after each interview is to reflect Right. And yeah. basically take some time and, and write down every question that you remember <laughs> and whatever you remember answering. And then maybe give yourself a score like, oh, well, I thought that was a six out of 10. It was an eight out of 10 or whatever. And ask yourself, well, what did I do well so that you make sure you do it again in the next interview? And then what could I have done better? So oh, I missed this part or I should have more emphasized that. And then make sure you do that in the next interview so that even though the first interview might not have been great, the next one will be a little bit better. The next one will be a little bit better and a little bit better. And then you'll eventually get that offer that, that you want so much. So, uh, well, thanks so much, Nora, for uh, sharing some of your, your insights and wisdoms and experience from an interviewing or an interviewer side. Um, and uh, yeah, any other parting words before we uh, hopefully have you on another episode? Best of luck to all that, is, that, to everybody out there who's trying to interview and apply. Thanks, Nora. Take care. Thanks, Lucky. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.